This is going to be the last of our Bible studies in the book of Romans. Uh, next Wednesday night, we'll be starting a new series in, in the book of Hebrews. We're going to take the book of Hebrews, and uh, I'm excited about that. But uh, Romans chapter 2, I'm going to read a fairly lengthy passage. Keep her finger licked and stick it in your neighbor's ear or something. But uh, we're going to turn to a lot of scriptures here in a little bit. Romans chapter 2, look at verse number 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whatsoever uh, thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Notice that word truth. Against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest that which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and his longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up to thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation against the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them, by patient continuance and well-doing, seek uh, for glory and for honor and mortality in eternal life. But to them that are contentious, do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. Of the Jew first, and also of the Gentile, but glory and honor and peace to every man which worketh good to the Jew first, and also the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. But as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For uh, not hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these have not the law, are the law unto themselves. Watch this. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, their thoughts, the, the, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Verse number 15 is interesting. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Now listen to me very carefully. The Bible, the King James Bible to the English-speaking people, is the only book God ever wrote. Uh, it was not written from man. It was written by God. It was given word for word and sometimes written by his own finger. Uh, God wrote the words. He spoke the words. And they are his words. You say, well, the book of Romans was written by Paul. No, it was penned by Paul. It was written by God. Paul did not write it. Well, these are the Pauline epistles. No, they're God's epistles. Uh, Peter did not write with a certain style. He just penned what God said. I dictate or I penned a letter this morning and gave it to Mrs. Barnes, and she typed it and handed it back to me, and there were some mistakes in it. But they were my mistakes because that's how I wrote it. I fixed them, gave it back to her. I didn't want her fixing it, my job to fix it, not her job to reword things. Uh, that's my letter, not hers. I don't edit her letters unless she asks me to. You say, why is that? Because uh, these are the words I want to say. 
And we, we aren't to be taking God's words and putting it into our words. You see, that's why this book is the living, breathing book. According to John chapter 1, <laughs> Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same as in the beginning with God. And the word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That means this, this book is living, it's breathing, it's inspired. That word inspired doesn't mean like Shakespeare, he had a feeling and he wrote something. Inspired means uh, it's the opposite of expired. When I shot a deer yesterday, it expired. It quit breathing. I did not breathe life back into its nostrils. You say, why? I ain't sucking on deer snot. No way. Amen. Uh, I ain't putting my mouth on that thing's nose. No telling where it'd been. Amen. Now, uh, to inspire means to put living breath back into. And it continues to breathe. You know, when you were born and you took your first breath outside the womb, you don't have to have somebody continue to give you CPR and breathing. You're, you, you get that first suck of oxygen and your body does it naturally. God breathed into man the breath of life. He inspired life. He took breath from his own body, put into ours, and brought life to us. And that's what the word of God is. Now, these are the very words of God we need to live by. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 4 says, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That proves why man's Bibles are worthless. They came from the pen of man and the ideas of men, not the mouth of God. You say, well, I, I can understand it better. No, you can't. If you get saved and have the Holy Spirit inside you, he works within the confines of the word of God, and he'll teach it to you through the man of God and through reading and studying. Amen. Now, God knew that man's sin would keep man from wanting to read or know the Bible. Listen to this statement. Without a spirit or with a dead spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot show or give life. That's why lost people have a hard time understanding the Bible. They're dead. I could go down the road to where my mom is buried and go talk to the dead people in the cemetery, but they won't understand anything. Say why? <laughs> They're not alive. They, they don't have the ability to listen. They don't have any life in them. And someone who is lost is dead spiritually. And they don't understand spiritual things. The only thing a lost person can understand is the gospel. And when they yield to the gospel, then spiritual life begins. And at that moment, the things that used to be weird now seem natural. Things that you thought, you Christians are whack jobs. Now you look at the world and say, they're the ones that are weirdos. Amen. Now, listen to me very carefully. God tells us, though, 
in Romans chapter 2, verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. I'm going to make a statement here. Don't crucify me. I'll show you what I mean. We save people are the only word of God that the lost world will see. We are the only Bible they will read. Oh, some might pick it up and read the pages, but it's dead to them. It's just a historical account to them. You listen to a man like Bill Maher, who's an idiot, saying that the new Speaker of the House is no different than the guy that killed all those people in Maine. They are now calling him a terrorist because he's a fundamental Christian. And he said, I expect this. They're disgusting. Never have I seen more, more clearly how that liberalism and liberal government, listen to this, they hate Christianity because they want government to be God, not God. Let God be God, not government. Now, how much of the Bible do people see in your life? This one's going to hurt tonight. Hang on. I'll use a little humor to... A little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down, amen? Do you live in such a way that people want to know more about God and the Bible? Or are you just like an art project that only a mother wants to put on the refrigerator door? (laughs) Got right down to where we live, didn't I? Does your life cause people to get saved? Or they don't care and they'll die and go to hell without knowing anything? I didn't say it. God did. I'm just preaching it. Don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger. But God said that we are the law written on the heart. In other words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So we are the only Bible that the lost world will see and read. Let me ask you a question. What are they getting? The Reader's Digest version? At best? Mad Magazine, for some. <laughs> now, let me, let me help you tonight for about the next 27 minutes. Number one, God calls the Bible the work of God. God calls the Bible the work of God. Not the work of man, but the work of God. Turn your Bibles to Exodus 31. Exodus 31. Well, preacher, that's the Old Testament still in the Bible. Exodus 31. Look at verse number 18. This is Moses on Mount Sinai coming back with the two tables of stone. If you remember, he spent 40 days and 40 nights on top of the mountain, and God was giving him the word of God that he wrote with his own finger. I'll show you that in a moment. By the way, what God, look at me, what God gave Moses was more than 10 commandments. It did not take God 40 days to write 10 statements down on two tables of stone. And I'll show you that here in a moment. Look at uh, uh, Exodus 31 verse 18. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of the testimony Tables of stone written 
with the what? Finger of God. Those tables of stone were written by God's finger. That's pretty powerful. Uh, Turn to Exodus chapter 32, look at verse 15, just the next page over. Or maybe the same page, depending on your Bible. But Exodus 32, look at verse 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both of their sides. On the one side and on the other were they written. In other words, there was four pages, right? All right. And the tables were the what? Work of God. Okay, you sound like a bunch of Methodists. And the tables were what? The The work of God. And the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tables. Now, I want you to know something. Three times now we've seen that term, the work of God. Turn to Exodus 24. Go back a few pages. Say, why did you not start there? Because from Exodus 24 all the way to Exodus 31 and 32, you see between chapter 24 and chapter 32 what God put on those tables. And that was the dimensions of the tabernacle. And he basically gave the blueprints of the tabernacle. He also gave the Ten Commandments, yes, and other things. But look at chapter 24, verse number 12. Chapter 24, verse number 12. The Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me in the mount, and be there, and I will give thee the tables of stones, and a law, and commandments, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses, now I want you to notice something. Notice he said he had already written them. Huh. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, Moses went up to the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, tarry ye here for us until we come again to you. Behold, Aaron and her are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come to them. And uh, we'll stop there for just a second. Now. Moses goes up, spends 40 days and 40 nights up there. God uh, takes his finger, writes on the tables of stone. Personally, I believe he gave them the laws necessary for civilian world. That's what the Ten Commandments are. They are civil law. They are not spiritual law. Nobody ever got saved by them. This is how man is to treat man. It was the government of the day. Here's your ten rules for your government. Boom. Then he said, here are what you need for the tabernacle. Here's what you need for people to do for sacrificing and things to represent what my son will come and do one day at Calvary. And he gives him the blueprints of the tabernacle. And he actually opened the curtain of heaven, so to speak. And Moses got to see the true tabernacle that was in heaven, according to Hebrews Uh, And I'm not going into that tonight, but you have to understand something from Exodus 24 to Exodus 32 is the outline of what God put on those tables of stone. That was the work of God. The Bible is the words of God. I I didn't change grammar there. It is correct to say it the way I did. I looked it up three different places just to make sure. Uh, the Bible is not just the word of God, they are the words of God. 
You see, it's not just God put the thoughts in man's brain and man wrote them down as from his style. Do you think God would give us perfect words through our sinful brain? Do you think God would trust the word of God to speak it in Scott's ears and put it down the right way? Of course not. You think, yeah. <laughs> the world would be a mess, worse than it is now. You think God would trust uh, Brother Randy to write down all the words exactly right? No, he'd think it was Leanne talking to him and ignore him. <laughs> you said, what? <laughs> now, wait a minute. God's not going to trust sinful man to put thoughts into his mind to write them out that they would be sinless. God had to give to man the very words of God. And the Bible is the work of God. That's why man shouldn't fiddle with it. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, verse 14. I quoted those just a minute ago. Turn to uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. I quoted to you earlier Matthew 4.4. 4, a man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse number 16. Come on, hurry, get there. 2 Timothy 3.16. i got to hurry up here. <laughs> 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, I want you to notice those two words, all scripture. Guess what? That means Old Testament, right? Because every time Jesus quoted scripture, he said scripture says, and it was the Old Testament. And he defeated the devil with Old Testament scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now look at me. Did you know you can't talk without air? If you've never had the wonderful experience of falling onto something or off of something and uh, losing all your breath to where you're going, you all know what I'm talking about? How many of you ever had that happen? I mean, just gone. You can't, you can't talk if there's no air coming from your lungs. In other words, you have to be inspired so that you can speak the words. When you've lost all your air, your diaphragm won't suck it in. Once you get it sucked in, then you can talk it back out. But until then, you're just kind of hanging on to either get it back or pass out so that you can breathe. Amen? Now, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means he spoke the words. And is profitable for doctrine... For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That means this, churches aren't supposed to get together every three to five years and decide what doctrines they're going to change. Denominations aren't supposed to get together and decide what they're going to believe this time. God didn't change the word of God based on society. God says change society to match the word of God. Don't change the Bible to match society. We don't need the rainbow Bible for the HIV infected patients. We don't have a gender neutral God. It's he. Say why? Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It was given word by word. 
Not given by inspiring man's mind. Oh, I just feel so inspired. Yeah, and then there's going to be days you don't feel so inspired. Every day at 4, 4.30, 4.15 when I get up, I don't feel real inspired. But I still get up. You see, the word, if you went through the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, other places, you'll see this statement used over and over and over and over and over again. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, Oh, the words came saying. Didn't say I read the words. It says it came to me saying. Say, what is that? (laughs) Somebody was talking. And if it's the words of the Lord, anybody want to take a guess who it might be? Oh, 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 it was God. (laughs) You see, God spoke those words. I hate to say this. Don't get mad at me. I'm not against a red letter edition Bible, but can tell you something? Every word in that Bible, if it's King James Bible, God spoke it. Plain and simple. You see, God gave the man the words to write word by word. Turn to Second Peter chapter 1. You're in Second Timothy, just a few pages over past Hebrews, Second Peter chapter 1. Look at verse number 17. Second Peter chapter 1, look at verse number 17. The Bible says, For he received from God the Father... Uh, honor and glory when there came such a voice to him. Huh. A voice came to him. Sounds like somebody talking, right? Okay. From the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy Whereunto you do, uh, do well that ye take heed unto a light that shineth in the dark place unto the day uh, dawn and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the what? Scripture is of any private interpretation. What scripture? Words that God spoke. For this prophecy came not in old time by the will of Man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They wrote it down word for word as God gave it. Now, first of all, we have to realize that the Bible is God's work, not man's. These are the words of God. This is the work of God. Secondly, Because of the Holy Spirit coming to indwell us at salvation, we are the word of God to the lost world. When we get saved, see man is body, soul, and spirit, but because man is lost in his trespasses and sin, he needs to be born again. When man sinned, his body didn't die, his soul did not die, but his spirit died. And John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, how can I inherit eternal life? He said, you must be born again. And he said, you mean I got to get back into my mama and she ain't going to like that and neither am I. He said, no, 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 no. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. In other words, you have to have a spiritual birth. And when you trust Christ as your Savior, the Spirit is reborn. You've been given the spirit of adoption as well as a rebirth spiritually. Won't go into that. Then you have to understand something. <laughs> then the Word of God starts being able to be taught to you and make sense to you. But we also become the word of God because lost man doesn't read it. Lost man does not understand it. We read in Romans chapter 2 verses 13 through 15 how that God said that they are uh, the word of God that is written in our hearts we show to all men. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1. If you're not there yet, just look intelligently at the page you're on. Nobody will know. Uh, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, verse number 1, or need we as some other epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read Of what? Now look at me. God said, we are the epistle for all men to read. We are the word of God written for all men to read. Verse 3. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ, uh, of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, like what Moses took, but in the fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letters, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now look at me. We're not supposed to walk around thinking we are high and mighty because we're saved. But we do have a high and mighty calling. We have a word of God. It's not about us. It's about him. Say, well, preacher, you think you're somebody? Yep, I think I'm a dirty, rotten, lousy, no good for nothing skunk of a sinner just like you are. But I've been saved. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I've been reading, studying, and knowing and preaching this book for 43 years. I think I have a good handle on it. And I think my responsibility, and the more I know, the more I'm supposed to do with it and not be afraid of it, not be ashamed of it. Oh, it's not a brownie button to put on or a a badge of honor. It's a badge of humility that I'm take to everybody where I go. That means we are the work of God ourselves. If the word of God is the work of God, then the work of God is also our life as we live the word of God. Let me ask you a question. And this one's going to hurt. What do people read of God from your life? I'm going to turn the pressure up. Not what do people at church read of your life. What do people in public read of your life? What do people at work read of the word of God in your life? At home, 
man's getting quiet. <laughs> Brother Anthony, I might need you back up on the platform. I feel pretty alone up here. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me read a few verses to you. If you can get there quickly, fine. If not, don't worry about it. I'll read it out of the Bible just as God gave it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, that thou and thy son, thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that the days of thy life may be prolonged. Uh, skip down to verse number 5. Uh, the Bible says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates, and I'm going to stop there. I wonder if we went to your house, how much of the Bible's being lived by you? I wonder how many wrong kind of posters we give our children to put up as heroes instead of the Word of God. We're not supposed to just visit living the Bible at church or for a church activity. We're to live it at home. We're to live it in the community. We're to live it at work because we're going to be the only Bible they see. Folks, I take my, my job serious. Uh, there's things I don't do that aren't necessarily wrong, but I think it would be wrong for me in my position to do. I don't speed. I don't think it's a good testimony for a preacher to get all kinds of speeding tickets. So I keep the law. I think it's right. Uh, tomorrow I'll go to the county commission meeting and open in prayer. Uh, I'm not going there to say some flowery speech. I'm also not going down there to preach a revival service. I'll be appropriate, but I'm not going to pussyfoot. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to change what I am. You say, why? Because I'm there for a purpose. What they see is what they got. They asked. I didn't. So I go. Everybody doing okay? You see, living the Bible is a total change of life. <laughs> Dr. Bob Jones used to say it this way. What you do when nobody else is watching and what you do in the dark, that's what you really are. I wonder how much of <laughs> wonder how much of Christianity today is nothing but a video game. Entertainment. I'm not saying you walk around holy, 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 holy God Almighty. I don't go to bed dressed in my suit. I live a normal life. Now I have gone shotguns and shirt and tie and I've shot deer and shirt and tie and I've done all those things, but it's not a normal thing. It's just an occasional thing. But uh, that's why 
living a separated Christian life is so important because your, your life is the only thing the world will see of the Bible. Well, preacher, my family doesn't understand because they're lost. If you'll live it instead of pussyfooting around them, you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be rude. Just live it. As you live it, they're going to say, well, I don't agree with you and I don't understand that. But you give it a couple decades and watch how they come running to you when the problems happen. Trust me. Number three. I'll finish very quickly. We must keep our life pure so the world has a pure view of God's word. We must keep our life pure so the world has a pure view of God's word. How closely to the Bible do we live when no one else sees? I'm going to make this statement. We read in Second Peter chapter 1 that it's not of private interpretation. That means this. It's not how close do we think we live. How close does God think we live to it? Everybody doing okay? It's not how close do I lived in my own brain. How close do I line up with that book right there? Folks, I've been preaching for 43 years. I have a long way to go yet. I don't match up to it yet. I still work on things in my own life. <laughs> Let me turn to several verses in the book of Psalms for you. Psalm 12, verse number 6. Psalm 12, 6 says this. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. In other words, we ought to live the pure words of God. Not just the ones we want to live. Not just the ones that are easy to live. Psalm 19 verse number 8, the Bible says this. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Can I tell you something? The more truth you start living, the more truth God opens. And the more truth you start living, the more truth opens. And the more you live, the more God opens. But until you start living what you do know, God can't open another truth for you. Preacher, how do you keep learning so many things because I keep trying to obey so many things? And as I obey Brother Jim, he shows me another. Amen. Say, why? Because <laughs> i got a long way to go yet. <laughs> Careful now, that hurt. Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to respect my elders, but come on now, help me. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 40 says, Behold, I have longed after thy precepts, precepts quicken me in thy righteousness. Wow, quicken me, bring me to life. Bring life into me with thy precepts. Proverbs chapter 30. Let me read one verse out of the book of Proverbs and then I'm going to make some closing statements and be done and you'll be glad. Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in them. Let me ask you a question. How pure to the scripture with the Holy Spirit is your life today? Not how does it compare to the world. Not how it compares to religiosity. That's a big fancy word for religious people. 
How does it compare to the word of God? Say why? Because we're the only Bible they're going to see. I think I can say this with a little authority. Where you work ought to be your greatest ministry. Because you spend more time with those people than most. Your home ought to be a good ministry. People ought to see the word of God in your life. I'm glad that when I was uh, a teenager working in the in the restaurants and stuff, uh, my dad and I were talking to my wife last night at dinner, and we were talking about one of my managers that I worked for when I worked in the steak restaurant and was line cook and stuff, and uh, a guy named Igor Nikishin. <laughs> he was a Russian. His dad was a heart doctor. I led Igor to Christ, brought him to church, and got baptized. I was 17 years old. I'm glad when I went to Bible college, I worked hard. And when I worked in the machine shop, and at the machine shop, I had my Bible there. I read my Bible every break, every lunch hour, uh, or half hour, whatever it was. Uh, I, I witnessed. We had co-workers saved. There was a, there was a billionaire that stood here and has given over $165,000 to this church because he got saved at a meeting that I helped organize, and he and four other millionaires were saved at. Say why? Because we preached the truth. Every Friday night, they let us give a devotional in the break room. If they didn't want to hear it, they could walk out, but they gave us the break room. Everybody stayed. We had lots of co-workers saved. Get, matter of fact, there's a deacon in the church where I worked at up there because I led him to Christ after two weeks, standing shoulder to shoulder with him at machines. Say, what is that? People are only going to read the word of God in your life. It used to be an old statement. I haven't heard it in a long time. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Yeah, your walk talks and your talk talks. But how you walk is going to talk louder than how you talk. You see, we need to read the Bible daily. We need to obey it daily. We need to be at all the possible services we can to hear it preached and taught so that we can learn more about it so we can live more of it so people can read it better in our life (laughs) does the world get one of man's bible perversions from how they read your life or do they get the pure words of god does the world get a clear picture of salvation from your life or does it look like that finger paint project from a kindergartner on the refrigerator God says we are the word of God that the world will read how's your picture look every head bowed every eye closed I'm done I wonder I don't know about you this one was a rough one for me who'd say preacher somewhere in that sermon something I needed tonight Did you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Many, many, many hands. I know it's Wednesday night, but guess what? The altar's still open. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you come. We'll take the Bible and show you how you could know for sure.